Hey, welcome to Hot Takes. I'm your host, James Scott, here to analyze anything and everything interesting. Let's dig into today's topics. And we're back. Let's go. Let's Let's go. go. Let's go. All right. So we're going to be updating y'all on the catcher list. We're going to just jump into this because at some point in time, we're going to have the full player list released to y'all. I mean, I think the next big step with regards to releasing the player list is getting around to the outfielders. That's the yep. deepest part of the entire list. So yep. we're going to be getting into part that. of the list. Yes. A hundred percent. We're going to be finishing out the uh, player list uh, before spring training, uh, before the first spring training games. Um, however, as we go through the off season, there's going to be changes on each position of the list as I, you know, like I never stop studying. The work is never over. So any, any time I have months on end to just pour over data without the data really changing, um, there's going to be a few different, different things shuffled around. Um, there's a lot of guys who, in my eyes, if they've done it before, if they've put up the numbers before in the big leagues, especially if they've done it multiple years, they need to be the, the amount of screening that you need to do for someone who's had multiple good years in the big leagues. If there is indications, multiple indications that they had, you know, that, that, that they're not going to be good either. Okay. Maybe they were playing through an injury or they were, you know, ran into a lot of bad luck on balls and play or something, or there is a decline going on. And with guys who have done it multiple years, have been good for multiple years, you have to be able to figure out, is it a decline or is it an off year? You got to look, you got to look at those guys uh, with, with high levels of scrutiny. Um, so th- there are definitely different things that, that, that get fluctuated as we go through each, each off season with each position. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the changes that have happened at the catcher position. Now, last time we did catcher, we had, I believe, Alejandro Kirk as one of the best catchers in the sport. I have found out, now look, here's there's a lot of tools that you can use for, for, for analytics. You can use baseball savant, which tells you expected statistics and, and quite a few other things, launch angle, you know. Um, then you have fan graphs, which has a ton of statistics you can see uh, approach really well with regards to, to fan graphs. See who's patient, who's aggressive. However, baseball reference offers you the ability to figure out which periods of time was a player hitting. So if I go on fan graphs, fan graph says that this guy, you know, he had a really good first month. He had a bad second month, but then he had a really good third month, a really good fourth month. He got a hurt fifth month, and then he had a really good sixth month. Or, or you know, let's say he just got hurt and he didn't even have a good sixth month. You know he got hurt, but he was playing through the injuries, you know? So the late late season production is probably not indicative of who he is. So what you can do is you can highlight between this game and this game and it'll show what that player produced in between those games. 
Now it isn't foolproof, you know. It's it doesn't involve you know, uh, it doesn't it doesn't talk about luck, you know. It's not like okay, well he's getting these numbers because he's lucky on balls in play. It's not going to tell you that. However, if you look at a guy's numbers and he's put up great numbers for the year, and then you break it down and you see that the overwhelming majority of those numbers came in like two back-to-back months, right? And you say, well, you know, he still hit on the whole year that much. Well, you know what? Let's go into those months. You realize, okay, well, it wasn't that he was performing for two months. It's that he was performing really well for the end of one month and really, really well for the beginning of the next month. You realize that a guy didn't have a great half of the season or a great quarter of the season you see that the guy he actually had a good 30 games they were all in a row and then after that he couldn't hit and that's exactly what happened with Alejandro Kirk so Alejandro Kirk he went from being a guy who was clearly a top 10 catcher to a guy who is what you know I've designated as a back 50 player and what you know, back fifty. It's not the back fifty players in the major leagues. It's when you're talking about my player list. You know, you have your top one hundred specifically for next year. Then you have your grouping of guys who are prospects or guys who are injured or you know, international players who are not going to be in the big leagues this year, but who are very relevant for the next few seasons. But once you get past, I'm going to say about the top two hundred twenty-five, you get to the back fifty. These are guys who either are going to be completely irrelevant or they're going to be clear on the list. Uh, Boomer bust, as people call them. And I think that that's exactly what Kirk is, which makes sense for a guy who's a five foot eight, 300 pound catcher. You know, any anything goes wrong with that profile. And uh, I'm not sure you're dealing with an everyday guy. But right now, Kirk has great defense. And Kirk walks, but he only had a couple of games uh, this year where he was mashing. They were all in a row. I mean, if you're looking at what he was doing during that period of time, I believe he hit something along the lines of like 445 in those 30 games. But outside of that period of time, against 30 games, right around 30, outside of that, before that and after that, there was no hitting. There was a, a look, he was getting on base. So credit for that, but when you're when you're 300 pounds at 5'8", you're not exactly going to run the base as well. And uh, could I see him hitting lefties next year? Sure. Uh, but I don't think that he is uh, – I don't think he's a top-10 catcher. I don't think that he's that at all. I, don't, I, I think that it's very, very clear that if you've had only 30 good games in the year and they're all back-to-back and not hitting before or after – Especially, mind you, that he had a lot of games, a lot of games after that 30-game clip, a large sample size of about a half a year after that point in time where he wasn't hitting. So I understand Blue Jays fans are once again going to say that I'm biased or something, but I was right about you guys not being as good as the Yankees last year. And uh, I'm right again. Y'all's are not as good, so deal with it. Um, sorry, you know, it's my division, man. Um, so Kirk is, he's in the back 50. Daniel Susak and Dalton Rushing, 
who are both taken in this year's draft also are off the list. Rushing is not as much of an impact defender as he needs to be. He's not as much of a hitter as he needs to be. He hits a little bit and he can play catcher, but neither are good enough to solidify his place as, you know, I I, I don't even know if he's going to hit in the high minors. But if you're a guy who neither skill stands out uh, and you're that far away from the show, not really uh, comfortable putting you on on an elite player list. And Susak, he's the brother of a big leaguer already, but um, I don't know if he's going to stay at catcher. And I don't know if he's going to hit enough to move elsewhere. Um, so he's off the list. Um, Gabriel Moreno for the Blue Jays, or was with the Blue Jays. He was, he, look, Kirk was, they made the wrong choice keeping Kirk. They moved uh, McGuire. They moved uh, Moreno. They, they've, they've been moving catchers to focus on Kirk because they believe in Kirk. Um, Moreno is one of the top 25 players in all of the minor leagues. Of all the prospects, he's one of the top 25. They traded him away to get Dalton Varsho this winter. Moreno is now going to be the everyday catcher for the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, and being able to play in the big leagues every single day instead of being, you know, in some sort of timeshare with Kirk is going to be really good for Moreno. And, you know, since we're on the topic of catchers, uh, another player who jumped onto the list is another Blue Jays catcher. Yeah, they've had a million catchers. <laughs> they've had a ton. Uh, they have Danny Jansen right now. He is their backup catcher. But every year that goes by, Danny Jansen gets better and better at hitting. In a lot of ways, he reminds me of Travis Darno. Both were top prospects. Both were hit first players who we knew could stay at catcher with good enough defense, although Darno ended up getting really, really, really good defensively. Um, and both had major injury issues for the majority of the beginning of their careers. If Jansen can figure out his injury issues, not only is he easily going to take uh, the everyday catcher role from Kirk, but if, if Jansen's healthy for like a full year, any year where he's healthy for a full year, he's probably a top 10 catcher. So that's the type of talent that we're talking uh, about with him. And the reason why he shows up on the list is because of that. Um, he also has like the body to stay healthy in theory at catcher, but I don't know if he's going to. It's been so many years in a row where he hasn't been able to. But I said the same thing with Darno. And they both have the same type of ceiling. Darno's hit his, so he's clearly on the list. That's, you know, he hasn't left. But Jansen is definitely a guy that I have to throw on the list because the ceiling is the roof as far as catcher ceilings go. Uh, You you know, he could be a legitimate star if he ends up being healthy for a full year. Batting average above 270, over 25 homers, plus-plus defense maybe about 10 to 12 stolen bases. So he's not even going to kill you on the bases. So that's mainly because he's smart. But point is, is he's on the list and he's probably going to take the everyday role from Kirk. Yvonne Herrera is on the list, but he's not a next year guy. You know, the Cardinals ended up getting uh, Wilson Contreras and they're going to need uh, as many bats as they can get. That being said, 
with somebody who can actually legitimately play catcher like Ivan Herrera, he's much better used as a trade chip. You'll get a bat by trading him and one of the redundant outfielders that you have. Um, I think that'd be very smart, maybe trade Carlson with him. But um, the point that I'm trying to make here is that he is a plus-plus future everyday catcher. Um, And I feel comfortable, you know, with saying that because I do think he's not just going to stay at the position. But I think the more years that he plays in the big leagues, the more that his natural power is going to translate. You know, he was moved up through the minors very, very quickly because of how advanced he was. And I remember at one point in time, he was one of only three minor league teenagers to put up exit velocities above, I believe, 110 miles an hour. Um, So he hits the ball insanely hard and regularly insanely hard. So if you get a guy like him and you're able to maybe give him a full year in AAA so that you're not rushing him any more than he's already been rushed, and then maybe in 2024 you make him your everyday catcher, that's also a 20-homer catcher right there. So uh, I have to name him. He's got to show up on the list, even if – the numbers aren't really indicative of who he really is quite yet. Like I said, it's because he was rushed. The strikeout issues aren't a concern. The walk issues aren't a concern. He's not having issues with either of those things. So it's not like you're worried about, okay, he's rushed, but he's swinging and missing, so he's going to have to figure that out. No, he doesn't have the swing and miss concerns of somebody who's typically rushed. You give him a full year in AAA just to be safe. And he's ready. So he's on the list. Yvonne Herrera, St. Louis Cardinals, if you need a catcher trade for him. Um, Harry Ford. That is another guy who is, I mean, there's an argument for him to be on the back 50. But if he's not going to be a catcher, he's going to be a center fielder. He's that athletic. And I do think he's going to hit either enough for center field if he moves there which is, you know, a a lower offensive bar than the corners. Or catcher, where, once again, low offensive bar. He's so athletic, though, that whichever position he ends up playing, he's going to be elite defensively. I mean, there is a chance if he moves to center field and focuses on getting a little bit stronger and the bat gets better, the defense evens out, he becomes a workable to slightly plus center fielder instead of elite. But if he moves to center field early and he's able to keep his speed, he's going to be elite there too. Uh, and he's just a kid, you know. Um, that's Harry Ford, Seattle Mariners. I don't know how they're going to fit him in because they got Cal Raleigh, but I feel like that's going to be a uh, – they'll deal with that when the time comes. It's not a bad thing to have multiple catchers who are young and talented. Your catcher's a spot that everybody needs help at. So given the fact that both catchers are so many years away from each other, it makes sense to keep both. So I expect Seattle to do that unless they're offered like, if they're oh, well, we'll give you Bryce Harper or someone like that if you include him in a trade. In that case, I could see him moved. But unless it's a big move like that, I don't think someone like Harry Ford's going anywhere. He's a top draft pick, top, top of the, the first round of the draft. Um, then you have, the Jueros, Jefferson, Jefferson, I, I don't want to mispronounce it, Juero, and Edgar Juero. Um, and I think I'm pronouncing it right. I always butcher names. 
It doesn't matter whether you're Hispanic or you're Japanese. You're, you're, uh, you're, I, I will destroy your name. You're I on track. Hawaiian people's names. Hawaiians' names. Uh, is that Hawaiians' name? Hawaiian I destroyed, people. <laughs> yes, the people of Hawaii. I destroy y'all's names. I apologize for that, too. Um, but both of these guys, both of the Hueros, uh, are... They are going to be big league catchers around the same time as Ford. They have different physical makeups than Ford. Ford is still skinny. Like I said, he could still be a good center fielder. But both of these kids are stocky. And both of them could hit for power and likely won't have problems with strikeouts. Now, right-handed hitting catchers that are that far away from the big leagues and that are teenagers... They have a high rate of attrition. However, if you got ceilings like these guys have without major hit tool risks, both of them have to be on the list. Um, and if we're talking about, you know, angels catchers, if we're going to keep going, uh, Logan O'Hop. I don't know why nobody is talking about Logan O'Hop. The angels had too many outfielders last year and moreover too many center fielders last year. And the Phillies really needed some elite center field defense. The Phillies had real Muto. So they made a deal. Angel sent them Brandon Marsh, who is on the bottom 50. He might end up being an elite center fielder. He also might up might end up being nothing. However, the Angels in return got Logan O'Hop, who should be in the big league sometime about mid-season next year. Logan O'Hop is a good defender, college type guy, a catcher. Who can mash? He can absolutely mash. And the reason why I think it's a really brilliant move more than anything else for the Angels is one of the issues that the Angels have had, or the big issue has always been pitching. But one of the other issues that the Angels have always had is lineup depth. They come into a year and it seems like they have a very deep lineup. And then almost any year where they have that perceived deep lineup, either they'll have an injury or, you know, a guy who did really good last year, you know, it'll, it'll be clear that that guy, he did good off of polish. And then this year he doesn't do good. Or, you know, this guy who's 36 years old finally has a bad year. The angels haven't had a one through nine consistently at all in the trout era. They with Ohop are getting very close right now. The only spot that they have a guy who's not going to hit is shortstop and they drafted Zach Neto. So, you know, three years from now, that's going to be filled too. So Ohop coming in and giving them a guy. Oh, Ohop's going to be a top five catcher. I'm just going to say it like, look, it's a lot more reasonable and likely to say he's a top 10 catcher. So it's, it's a hot take to say this, that look, that's the show. Okay. I think he's going to be a top five in the show. And that's bold to say about a catcher who's a righty, you know, who who in order to be that valuable, it's mainly off of his bat. Not that he's a bad defender. He's a good defender, college-type defender. But the reason why he would be a top five would be the bat. And I'm that much of a believer in the bat. I think a lot of people are underrating him. Nobody's talking about him. So that's Logan O'Hop. Then you got Diego Cartaya who is one of the best prospects in the sport, hits for power, unbelievable swing mechanics, a little bit worrisome how much he works the count, 
but I think that that could be related to the level. There's a lot of people in a bowl who don't know where they're throwing the ball. Uh, I need to see Cartaya in double A, but with his eye and his swing mechanics and his aggressiveness on defense, he loves backpicking runners. You know, most, most, most catchers, they, they'll, they'll throw down. If you're stealing, he's fine. If you take too big of a lead throwing behind you. So he is a, a true, true talent catcher. Um, he's a Dodger. So, you know, they have Will Smith. They might end up using him in a trade, especially because the Dodgers have about half of the lineup right now. They're in trouble as far as having half of a lineup. Still going to be a playoff team, clearly. But they've never – I can't – last time the Dodgers had a half a lineup was like 2011. So it's been a long time. Cartaya is years away uh, with Will Smith in the fold and one of the best catchers in the game. I do think Cartaya could get traded. Uh, again, if you're a team that needs a catcher, you got to jump on that. Um, Cal Raleigh already named him uh, switch hitter power. Uh, you know, it surprised me how many homers he hit despite, uh, you know, look, I knew he was going to hit about 24 homers. He hit like 27, 28. I knew he was going to be a workable catcher. He was near gold glove level in defense. Um, he showed that he could hit from the left side and the right side. So, Clear stud, top 10 catcher, Cal Raleigh, everyday guy for the Seattle Mariners. Um, Tyler Stevenson, uh, I think he's very slowly coming into his own. Now, the hard numbers, the actual batting average, the actual on base, the actual slugging, you'd think he'd already you know, found his way into his prime. Analytically speaking, he's still figuring things out. His expected statistics which are based off of how hard he hits the ball and where he hits the ball, show a guy who should be slugging closer to 400 than the levels that he's hitting at. That being said, he's always had that type of bat. His in-zone contact percentage when he was in the minors was one of the highest. So he's not just has a good eye, but he knows how to make contact on balls that are thrown in the zone. And he looks like a guy physically, he's like 6'3", 6'4" who should be able to hit for power on that contact. And even though the expected statistics don't really back up the, the, the true numbers that he's been putting up, I can't say that the true numbers that he's been putting up are too far away from what he will do. So he's clearly going to be on there. And he is a uh, top, to me, he's like back into the top 10, maybe like 10 or nine, as far as major league catchers go. Uh, and he's the everyday guy for the Cincinnati Reds. Reds suck. So if they were going to be smart about things, he would be on the trade block. But given that he's got about five more years of team control, the Reds could try to convince themselves that they're going to contend at the end of that window, which to me is ridiculous. Reds need to just completely start from the bottom up. They have a few studs that are not going to be supported by anything else they have going on. Um, all right, we got Bo Naylor, Josh Naylor's younger brother. Works the count, walks a ton. Lefty hitter at catcher. Um, I, I can't say he's going to be an elite defender, but he's not going to be a bad defender. Uh, he's going to be able to play the spot. But moreover, he is going to be able to hit at catcher. Even if he doesn't hit lefties, he is a lefty. So he's going to hit righties. And he is a power stroke. The walks are going to be there, so he's going to get on base. And given that he has power, and given that he's left-handed, the shift going away is going to help his batting average. 
high probability to hit at catcher as a lefty, which is unbelievably rare. And the Guardians are going to need it because right now they don't really have too much to speak of for the position. Um, all right. Uh, and that, uh, like I said, as the younger brother of the two nailers, with his older brother Josh being basically only a bat and batting from the same side as him, I do think that Bo Naylor takes some big steps this year and actually ends up taking over the everyday catcher role for the Guardians. Uh, Darno clearly shows up. Uh, he's been more healthy the last four years uh, than his reputation dictates. Yeah, his reputation is that he's never healthy. But the last four years, on average, most years he's played what constitutes a full year for a catcher. Now, what constitutes a full year for a catcher is obviously different than what constitutes a full year for you know a different position. Your backup catcher usually gets 60 games. So a full season for a catcher is 100. I can tell you that on a, on if I could estimate it on a season-to-season basis, he's going to get 100 games. Travis Darno, and not only is he a middle of the order hitter, but he's even more of a middle of the order hitter in big games. He's one of those guys where he was supposed to hit even more so than he already does. So in big moments, he can pull that out of himself. So I'm a big Darno fan. Given the health issues, I still have him at the back end of the top ten, but he is a top ten guy because he 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 turned himself into a, an elite defender. So it's not just the hitting. It's not just that his health has improved. It's the full picture. Um, and he's got great leadership and, and game calling as well. He's always had great game calling from the time he was in the minors for the Mets. Uh, which, you know, that's obviously going to hurt the Mets because now he's playing against them for Atlanta and, you know, won the World Series with Atlanta. So it got a sting if you're a Met fan. But um, All right, so now we got Ryan Jeffers, who I also think is going to get traded. Um, if he doesn't get traded, he's going to take the everyday role from Christian Vasquez, who was just signed by the Twins. Look, I understand, you know, really wanting to get everyday production out of catcher. So you're going to go get a guy like Vasquez. However, with Jeffers in the fold, Vasquez is more likely to become a backup catcher. Um, I, I do got to give credit for them where credit is due. You need to have catcher taken care of. It needs to happen. So having two guys who could, one of them at least is going to do it, you know, you're the twins, you do what you got to do. But I do think that Jeffers will take over for the recently signed Vasquez, because although Vasquez is a good defender, he's not the defender he used to be. He's also one of the three worst base runners in the sport. So Jeffers coming along who could be a a 25 home run catcher, I do think that in the next couple of years, maybe even just next year, he's going to start hitting. He was rushed to the big leagues. His strikeout rate was like 37% his first year. Last year, he dropped it to 26%. So clearly, despite being rushed, he's able to make adjustments at the big league level. I'm curious about where he's going to go from here because the physicality shows that he should be a home run and doubles machine. He's built like, like a... He's built like a like a brick wall. He's, he's, he's unbelievably physically strong for catcher. Um, then we have Austin Wells, who seems to be getting better and better and better defensively. I didn't think he was going to stay at catcher. He's a left-handed hitter who can actually run the bases. 
and hit for serious power. I didn't think he was going to stay a catcher because uh, he, he doesn't have the build for it. And he's never had the arm strength for it. However, he more than doubled his uh, caught stealing percentage from last season to this year. And most of the other metrics, you know, uh, framing and, 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 you know, blocking pitches, he's also grading out as really, really high up. Plus, the Yankees have been targeting here, t- targeting him here for multiple drafts. They've been going after him for about four years before they got him. So clearly they see something, and if he's able to keep progressing at catcher, you're looking at a guy who can play everyday catcher, bat 260, hit 20 homers, and steal 20 bases as a lefty. Uh, so he's got to show up on here. You got Ethan Salas, who's the younger brother of Jose Salas, who's a shortstop prospect for Miami. Uh, he was the Padres just got Ethan Salas in the international draft. That just happened. And given what the Padres have in their farm system, I'm willing to bet that Ethan Salas is going to be their catcher moving forward. Not next year, not the year after that. He's still like 16 years old, but the only guy that they have in their system who's who's going to be an uh, a possible who's going to have a possibility of being an everyday catcher is Luis Campusano. And I don't think he's going to stay there with his physical build. I think he's more likely to move to DH or first base, or if he can te- keep any athleticism, maybe he's got a shot at third. But I think that long-term, there's no shot at him staying at catcher. So Solace, I do think, is the future at catcher for the Padres. I have been unbelievably impressed by him. And you don't usually find international guys who are unbelievably impressive catchers. Usually, if you find an international guy, they're a shortstop or a center fielder. So the fact is, is he was considered to be the number one international prospect. I was blown away by him. He's got a minor league lineage amongst top prospects uh, with his older brother. I think he's going to be a stud. Ethan Salas, San Diego Padres, international draft. Lastly, I don't think I talked too much about Henry Davis. I know I talked about Andy Rodriguez, and I must have touched on Henry Davis. Henry Davis, he was on the list back then, but I do think that he should be given a little bit more time of day because, look, we're basically at the end of the updates on the catcher list. There's only one guy after this where uh, he's been added on to the, the bottom 50, if you will. Henry Davis, if I could describe him, is Will Smith. Not not that Will Smith. The Dodgers Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody thinks, you know, the slap around the world, you know. <laughs> uh, no, Henry Davis is very much the Will Smith archetype where he's not going to kill you defensively at catcher. And the type of catcher that he's going to be is someone who's going to be able to stay there long term. However, he's going to be a bat. He's going to hit. 30% above league average in a good year, maybe more. He's going to be a guy who could bat 285 and hit 25 home runs with at least 35 doubles as an everyday catcher, which is a high number of doubles for someone who's not going to play every day. You know, catchers play, what, 100, 115, 120 games. So um, massive fan of Henry Davis. I think he's actually going to be a star at catcher. And you can't say that. Very often, about guys who are down in double A, I think he's going to be a star. I think he's going to be a middle-of-the-order hitter at catcher. You don't find middle-of-the-order hitters at catcher. 
And I think the reason why they're even entertaining dealing Rodriguez is because of how good Henry Davis is behind him. I think that nobody's really talking about him. I think he could have gone uh, first in the draft. I, I think he ended up going fourth. But nonetheless, where, wherever he went in the draft, I know he was in the top – I know he was in at least top five picks. Um, he is the archetype of Will Smith, who was one of the three best catchers in the sport over the last five years, maybe higher than that, depending on what metrics you use. Uh, so he is on the catcher list. And lastly, the last catcher to jump on to the list. And I'm not even going to say he jumped onto the list because right now he is a backup catcher. He's basically guaranteed to be a backup catcher for all of next year because he's catching behind Adley Rutschman, uh, who I, you know, I also talked about. Look, if you're if you if there's a catcher I haven't named here. It's because they're already on the list. The guys who I barely talked about are the guys who have jumped onto the list of the guys I'm, I'm bringing up here. So guys like Francisco Alvarez, you know, they're, they're on that list. You know, I, I, I'm not avoiding real Muto because he's not like a great catcher. He's the best. So just to be clear, uh, but the guy behind Rutschman was just traded from the Mets over there is James McCann. Now, James McCann, he had an injured year, and then there was a shortened season. And, you know, him going off to the National League after playing his whole career in the American League, I think these things could have thrown off his numbers. Because when he was in the American League, for about four years in a row, he was getting better offensively, and it was trackable. You can go and pull up his fan graphs. And before he was a Met, you can look the previous four years and you'll see the ISO getting better. You'll see the WRC plus getting better. You'll see across the board offensive improvements. He goes over to the National League. He gets hurt. He plays a shortened season. You know, has to adjust. And I don't think he ever was able to. So the fact that he's back in the American League is definitely going to help him. But he's not an everyday guy because Rutschman is on the team. I think if you're a team that needs a catcher. And, you know, you have a little extra pitching to trade because Baltimore, goodness, they need pitching. Go over there and ask for James McCann. He's a guy who should be given the opportunity back in the American League to show if he can hit. And uh, certainly right now there's lots of teams in the American League that can afford in their lost seasons to give him a shot. There's a ton of teams in the American League that, that are just not going to do well next year the Tigers not going to do well although they figured out their the way that they're going to go about catcher the, the, the Royals are not going to do well but they have two catchers uh the Guardians are are going to be about a, a third place team you know um and they got Naylor coming up but uh you, you go to the Rangers the Rangers have Jonah Heim at catcher you know and they're 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 going for a playoff spot this year so they could be the team that goes out there and gets James McCann. Um, but that is the update on our catcher list. If you want to go see the other players that uh, are at the position, go check out our catcher video. Um, we have a full, you know, MJ Melendez, Shay Langliers, like the full, we have the full list. A everybody's on that thing. Um, so definitely take a look at that. And we'll see you on the next one with our outfield list. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.